Um, Todd asked what was Jesus' last name, and I could have swore it was. Did we decide his last name was Manning? Is that what we decided over here? It's not Manning. Okay, that's just what I, that's what I thought it was Manning, but that's just me. McAllister, maybe? McCluster? No. Kelly. Not Kelly. Okay. Huh? No, no, that's definitely not. No, it's not a Hebrew name. No, it's not. Not Presley. It's not. You know, there are moments. There are moments in life that change everything. In your life right now, no matter how old or how young you are, you're going through in your mind and thinking of moments. Moments that, that forever changed for where you are now, to have changed the, the scope and the course and the direction of your life. There are moments. There are moments that forever change everything that you know. There are, there are questions. Questions and answers that are earth-shattering and life-changing. You ask them out. And they say yes, or they say no. And your life is forever changed by the answer to that question. You go to the doctor, and the test results have come in. And your life is forever changed by whatever, whatever the, the doctors tell you about the test. You, you apply to college, and you pace back and forth every day, waiting waiting for the letter to come, saying you got in or you didn't. You have a loved one far away, and you can't reach them, and you're nervous, and you're scared, and you call, and you wait, and you wait, and you wait. There are moments, there are moments in our life that forever change the course of the direction of everything we do. There are questions and there are answers that forever change all that we are and all that we know and all that we, be, uh, all that we hold to be true. It's a common human experience, a common human refrain, questions and answers, moments that change everything. Who is Jesus to you? He is shield, he is protector, he is guide, he is friend, he is righteous judge. He, he's, a, he's as many different things to you as there are people in this room. Jesus Christ comes to us where we are and touches us where we are and affects us where we are. And he is so many different things to each of us. Jesus is so many different things. But you know, you know the one thing Jesus Christ cannot be? That there's one thing that he can't be. He, he simply cannot be a good moral teacher. Of all the different things Jesus Christ could ever be in your life, the one thing he simply can't be is a good moral teacher. That's the one thing that's off the table for Jesus Christ is him just being a good moral teacher. And you're thinking, well, wait, Andy, what do you mean? He said lots of good stuff. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Render under Caesar what is Caesar's. He said lots of good moral teachings. So how can you say the one thing Jesus can't be is simply a good moral teacher? In fact, in our culture, that's the one thing we can kind of all agree on. You know, lots of folk don't like Christians, but we all kind of like Jesus. You know, even in my life. When I got out of college and I wasn't real fond of Jesus' followers, I always liked Jesus. 
So how can you tell me this morning that he simply can't be just a good moral teacher? Um, C.S. Lewis is one of my favorite writers. Uh, I love Lewis. I read Mere Christianity not long after I became a Christian, and it changed the way I look at God and so many things. If you want to understand a great book about spiritual warfare, read Screwtape Letters. I mean, Lewis is just phenomenal, phenomenal writer. And he, he had a thing. Basically, it's this. Jesus is either, either a, this is why he can't be a good moral teacher. Because when you look at Jesus' words, like once again, you look at how Jesus refers to himself. In Mark's gospel, he calls himself the son of man. Okay, for a Jew in the first century, to call yourself the son of man is a reference to, to, to Daniel. And in Daniel's prophecy, when you see the son of man reference, that is a reference to the coming Messiah. So when Jesus Christ calls himself the son of man, what he's saying is, I'm the Messiah. When he rides into Jerusalem on a donkey, later in the Gospels, we go, oh, bless, sweet Jesus. Oh, bless him. Isn't he sweet and kind and humble? Bless his little heart. Oh, no. That's not what Jesus is doing. He's not being sweet and humble. He's declaring to all that see him when he rides the donkey into town. He's saying, I am the Messiah. Go and read the text. You see that all of Jerusalem was in an uproar. The reason being is because he had just declared himself the Messiah. So, Jesus Christ truly believed that he was the Messiah. You look at his words, you look at his actions, you look at what he did, you look at what he said. There's no doubt when you read scripture that Jesus Christ understood himself to be the, himself to be the Messiah. Okay. So that leaves three options for him. Either he's a liar, he wasn't the Messiah. Okay, how many of you are going to build your life on the moral teachings of a liar? Not many of us. If they're a liar, why would you build your life around their moral teachings? You wouldn't. A liar? A lunatic? He was insane. You know, because he believed himself to be the, the Messiah. Well, if he wasn't really Messiah, then he's crazy. And you're not going to build your life around the moral teachings of somebody that was delusional. Or he was who he says he was. He actually was the Messiah and the Son of God. The one option Jesus does not leave for you and for me is that he simply was a good moral teacher. That's not, that's not an option. When you look at what he said, you look at what he taught, you look at how he lived, he truly held himself to be the Messiah. Either he was a liar, he's a lunatic, or he was Lord. He, can't, he cannot be simply a good man. C.S. Lewis also said Christianity, the one thing Christianity cannot be is moderately important. Either it's false, you can disregard it, or it's the truth and you must give your life away to it. The one thing Christianity can never be is just moderately important. 
one of my favorite writers is a Christian blogger by the name of Alan Bavard. He's a pastor in Akron, Ohio. He said, the death of Christianity in the West will not be atheism. The death of Christianity in the West will be the apathy of the modern church. The one thing Jesus cannot be is, and if we're going to be honest, is the one thing he is to most of us. Just moderately important. He's important. He's a, yeah, he's important. But, like, I got stuff to do, Jesus. I don't have time for all this, like, praying and mess like that. There are moments that change everything. There are questions and there are answers that change everything. And there's one question and there's one moment that changes the entire direction, scope, purpose, and point of our life. And that is the question that Jesus asked Peter today. Well, who do men say that I am? Well, some say you're this and some say you're that. That's nice. That's swell. I'm paraphrasing here. I don't know if it says swell in Hebrew or not or Greek. He says, that's nice. But who do you say that I am? That's the question, y'all. That's the question. Not who does the preacher think Jesus is. Not who does your family think that Jesus is. Not who does the church think that Jesus is. Not who does the culture think that Jesus is. Not any of these things. Those, those answers are completely and utterly irrelevant. What I think about Jesus doesn't really much matter to you. And what the church teaches about Jesus doesn't really matter much to you. But the question that matters, the question that forever changes your life, the question that matters is who do you say that I am? So then, who is Jesus to you? Um, I used to joke. It's funny. You know, I, I've been in the traditional service for most of my time here. And I... People say, Hi, you know, well, ooh, going to intersection, contemporary. Ooh. My last church was a completely contemporary church. In fact, uh, all I can tell you, I'm actually, oh, I, I'm still dressed. I've, I've preached in blue jeans and t-shirts at Asbury half the time. I was there five years. And, and I always, my, I, I had a bad experience with contemporary worship at one point in my life. Because when I was in college, it was all goofy. Um, Back in the days of uh, Burlap to Casimir, remember the No Chance? Burlap to Casimir, they were really goofy and bad and bad lyrics. Just goofy lyrics. And so many modern praise songs back in the 90s were basically this, Ooh, Jesus, I want to cr- sit in your lap and stroke your beard. You know, they were, they were all, it was all about how Jesus made me feel. Jesus loves me, and Jesus wants me to feel good, and Jesus is all about granting me my wishes. If we're not careful... We turn Jesus into a spiritual genie in heaven. His only purpose is to grant our wishes when we need them. Only purpose is to make me feel better when I need it. Forgive me when I ask for it. And then impact my life as little as possible. Jesus is not our spiritual genie. Who is Jesus? And how you answer that question will have not only eternal consequences for your life, but it will have daily consequences for your life. Jesus says, Peter, who do do you say that I am? You're the Messiah. 
Then Jesus tells him about his plans. Well, I must, go to, I must go to Jerusalem and I must die. And Peter says, no, 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 Lord, you can't do that. You can't go and die. And says, Peter, Peter pulls him aside and begins to rebuke him. By the way, talk about going big. You're going to pull Jesus aside and rebuke Jesus? boy. Yeah. You go home with yourself. <laughs> you know, going to rebuke Jesus. You got to like that. He says, no, that can't happen. And Jesus pulls him aside and says, get behind me, Satan. Because your, 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 your thoughts are on the ways of man and not the things of God. You must take up your cross and follow me. Like Todd said, not, not, not a literal cross, but a daily dying to yourself. Y'all, the fact that the cross is a Christian symbol is utterly astounding. Because in Jesus' day, Rome executed on the cross those they wanted to make a point of. They executed on the cross those that were, they were trying to prove a point to and saying, okay, mess with us, you get this. The cross was the, was the public square hanging. The cross, it, it'd be like wearing a hangman's noose around your neck. The cross did not give you warm and fuzzies back in those days. It was an act of, of terror to the people. Jesus said this, you lay down your life and you take up your cross and you'll find something better. What's it matter to gain the world and lose your soul? See, how you answer the question of who Jesus is, yes, it has eternal consequences, but it has consequences today. Because most of us, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, how many of us at night, when the lights are off and the blinds are pulled, and it's just us and our thoughts, we ask ourselves this. Gosh, isn't there more? Isn't there more than this? Isn't there a purpose? Isn't there a point? You were made in the very image of the sovereign God of creation. The very God who, who breathed, brought everything to life. The very God who created all that is, both seen and unseen. This God scooped up the earth and breathed into it the breath of life and, and marked us with his image and said, you are mine. This very God who, when we fail, this very God who, when Adam and Eve ate the fruit they shouldn't have eaten, this, this very God who, when we know right and wrong and choose wrong, this very God that Scripture says, while we were yet his enemies, Christ Jesus died for us at that moment of our fiercest rejection of God at that moment is when Christ died for us. This God loves you. This God desires to know you. This God desires to save you. This God desires to be your God and you be his child. And y'all, I know life is good. Yeah, I love life, but there's nothing better than Jesus. I know fame and success and status are cool, but there's nothing better than Jesus. Nothing in your life, nothing in your career, nothing in your family, nothing in anything is better than Jesus because only he is life-giving. Only he is life and only he is power. And at the end of the day, our hearts know that. 
the end of the day, our hearts know that. Tim Keller talks about reordering our loves. If anything other than Jesus is the chief love of your life, in time that thing will come to destroy you. If your job is the chief love in your life, it will one day destroy you if you're not careful. Even your family, if it's the chief love of your life, at some point it will consume you and destroy you. When we reorder our lives and make Jesus our priority, make him our Lord, then everything else falls into place. But if there's anything anything, anything other than Jesus on the throne of our heart. Nothing else makes sense. When he is Lord, it all fits together. When he is not, nothing makes sense. Who do men say that I am? The answer to that question is all well and good. Who do you say that I am? How you answer that question changes everything. Let's pray.